Welcome to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Renee. Being a teenager is hard. Being a parent of a teenager can be even harder. Each episode, we deliver tips, tools, tricks, and stories to help you feel empowered, confident, and energized as the parent of a teenager. Teenagers want to be happy. Sometimes they just need a little help along the way. Now, here's your host, Renee Sinning. Renee is a certified life, leadership, and success coach for teenagers and their parents. She's also a mom of three young adults and an experienced high school educator of 18 years. Renee is well-versed in everything teen. Now, without any further ado, here's Renee. Hey parents, it is Renee, teen life coach and parent partner. Welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. On this episode, we are going to talk about what to do when you feel out of control. You feel out of control, you maybe feel like you're drowning a bit, don't really know which way to turn. It just seems like everything's kind of in flux. And the reason I'm doing this recording at this time is because I actually personally experienced something over the last few weeks that has made me feel out of control. And it just was a reminder for me of things that we can do when that happens. So a few weeks ago, my husband and I went to Moab, Utah, just for the weekend. And we had a great time. We did golfing. We did ATVing. We did um, hiking. We went to Arches National Park. All was well. We came. It was just a long weekend. We came home on Sunday. So maybe like Tuesday, my husband was saying how he was tired. And he was just kind of joking that, oh, I'm still tired from the trip. We just, from all that walking. Well, We did do a little bit of hiking, but we actually didn't do that much. It wasn't overexerting because it was so, so hot. So that was curious. I was like, "Mm, I don't think we were really um, like that, doing that much exercise. We were out, but we weren't like out there sweating and doing like 20 mile long hikes, right? So it was more like walking. So that was interesting. And then uh, maybe a night or two later when we were sleeping, he was sleeping, I was awake and his breathing was just like, not normal. And so I actually recorded it. And I said something the next day and he was like, yeah, I'm really tired. He was kind of coughing and just feeling really run down. And long story short, on Saturday, he finally went to the doctor and ended up in the hospital because he has AFib, which is um, irregular heartbeat and also heart failure. So that happened. Well, he's had that before. He had AFib the first time, maybe 15 years ago. And he also had the AFib and heart failure like four years ago. But he was off all meds. So he wasn't even on any more heart meds at all. So it was a little bit of a surprise. So he ends up in the hospital. They tried to bring it down with medication. They couldn't. So they ended up doing on, it was on a Wednesday, and they decided they were going to do an ablation, and which is pretty low risk. They do them all of the time. He's had one in the past. Does the ablation, supposed to be two to four hours, so instead of me sitting there, because there's nothing to do, he said, he said, just have the doc, let's just have the doctor call you, and then when, once I get back in the room, come over. So I was like, fine, because we figured like low risk, I was close to the hospital, whatever, and so I got a call from the doctor's office at, so they finished the surgery around one something, I got a call at like 2.25, because it, my phone didn't ring, I don't know what happened. And the doctor had left me a message saying everything went great. He should be ready. to. He's out of recovery. Procedure went great. He should be ready for conversation about an hour. And so this was like maybe an hour and 20 minutes later. So I called him. He doesn't answer. 
figure out, I'll just go to the hospital. So I go over, I go to his room, and they're, like, scrubbing his room. Like, he's not coming back. And I was like, what's going on? Like, where's my husband? Because he's supposed to be in here talking by this point. And the nurse was like, oh, um, they're taking him to another room for a higher level of care. And I'm like, what? And anyhow, they took they were taking him to ICU because what happened is the surgery went great, but he wasn't waking up from anesthesia. And he ended up having a stroke coming out of anesthesia. And so when I saw him in ICU, it was pretty terrifying. There was like four doctors around his bed, like five nurses. There was a neurologist, pulmonologist, cardiologist, the electrophysiologist. And they were all there. And I was like, what happened? And they really didn't know because at that point, they didn't think he had a stroke. He did have signs of it. But when they, whatever test they did right then didn't show it. And so um, that, that day is going on. He's slurring his, he was slurring his words, really hard to understand. His breathing was erratic, pretty terrifying. Yes, I felt completely out of control. He started to sound better by the end of that day. And so that was th- by the end of Wednesday. By Thursday, he was sounding better. He kind of had all his feeling back. Um, Friday, he actually got out of ICU, but it wasn't until Saturday. They did an MRI Friday evening, and it wasn't until Saturday we found out that he did have a stroke. And so between the AFib and the heart failure and the stroke, he was in the hospital for another couple of days, total of 11 days. Needless to say, this wreaked a bit of havoc with my own psyche, right? Like, it really did. And I'm not an, I don't have anxiety. I just generally am not an anxious person, but this wreaked havoc with my anxiety. I felt so out of control. I really did. I felt like, and part of the reason is because I'm trying to keep it all together for our kids. Our kids are all young adults, but still you don't want them to worry. Right. I can't talk to Scott about this stuff because we have to keep him calm. And so it was real. And I talked to some of my friends and stuff, but it was it really just wreaked a havoc on my psyche. And I didn't realize how much until it was like Sunday night. And all of a sudden it hit me. And I was like, ah, I just felt really, I just felt out of control. I couldn't focus on work. I, I couldn't focus on anything. It was like I had ADHD, right? And so I went on a hike on Friday, on Sunday night by myself, which I really needed to do. And that helped. And then I talked to the cardiologist the next day and I felt a little bit better. And so that helped. But I have to say, so he's been home now for like, almost a week and a half, almost two weeks. And he's doing great. He's on a ton of meds, which in itself is stressful. And so, but what came to me throughout this whole experience is all of these things were going on in my world that I had no control over. And the same thing happens when you have teenagers. They make choices that you don't have control over. They have actions that you don't have control over because you just don't control them. Like we raise our teens and we guide them and we try to teach them. But ultimately, once you get to that teenhood and even tweenhood, they start making decisions for themselves. And some of them, we just, most of them, we don't have control over. Whether they study for a test, you can't physically force your child to study. You can make them sit in their room and sit at a desk and sit in a computer. Doesn't mean they're going to study, right? You can't choose their friends. You have no control there. You can't choose uh, how they show up in school. You can't choose whether they're nice or not nice. You can't do their attitude. Like nothing. Like we really have such little control when it comes to teens. And so, I mean, we have some because we're their parents, but not with who within who they are they are going to make choices and decisions that are uncomfortable for you and you might feel like you've tried everything and nothing works so the whole point of this podcast is when things are spinning and you feel very much out of control what can you do to help 
you. Because when we feel out of control and we have anxiety and we have stress and we have all of that going on in our lives, it's really hard for us to show up for others, for our spouse, our partners, our friends, our job, our kids, right? So we've got to figure out a way to take back some of our internal control so that we can be the person that we want to be and show up in a way that's going to be productive. And so for me, that take, that really took me recognizing what do I need right now. And what I needed on that Sunday night was to be by myself. Kelly, my daughter, was home. We were going to hike together. But I was like, Kelly, I just need to go by myself. Like, I, I need to clear my head, and I just need this time to myself. That's what I needed. So it's about figuring out what do you need in order to just let go of some of the angst and um, maybe feelings of drowning and feeling like you've tried everything because you only control you, right? You can only control what you can control. And so that means taking care of you. That means doing things, putting yourself first for whatever amount of time you need. And there's no guilt involved in that because I was much better the next day. I could feel myself kind of going downhill on Sunday, maybe being a little bit snappy and edgy because I had so much angst and stress within myself. So when you feel out of control, parents, with your teen, take a moment and think about You could even make a list, things outside of my control, things inside my control. And when the things that are outside of your control take up too much space in your mind and you start ruminating over these things that you literally have no control over, that takes away from having space to focus on the things that you can control, which is so, so important. And so if you have to, if that helps you, if you're a journaler, make a list. What can I control? What can I control? And try to give space to those things that are within your power. What can you, what do, can you do, for, whether for you or for somebody else? But what is within your power? Do you need to go for a hike? Do you need to meditate? Can you make a meal for somebody? Can you... Is there what can you control that's going to help you feel better and lessen some of that angst? When our son was in drugs, when he went through drugs, when he was like 17, 18, I felt completely out of control. And I know I just kept telling myself it's going to be fine. And and I would literally tell myself this is a moment of time in time. And I would go out and walk and I would go to the gym. And it felt weird because for a period of time, he ran away for a week. But even then, I had no control, no contact. There's nothing. So you've got to figure out how am I going to cope and get through this and do that by taking control of the things that you can control. Exercise, nutrition, sleep, um, calling a friend, whatever that is, any kind of activity and do it without guilt because that's how we get through. We're human beings and we do the best that we can. So I just really wanted to come on here and talk about that because a lot of teen parents of teens feel out of control from time to time. And I just had a big wake up call and reminder of that over the last few weeks. I even went on a midday hike the other day because I just, I'm, I'm not there. I'm, I'm better than I was and I have less angst than I did, but it's, it's still there. He's on so much medication and it's just sitting on our counter. So I see it every day. Right, And I can see in him that he's not 100%. So it's still there. So I still have to remember that it's okay to put myself first and to do whatever I have to do. Sometimes you just have to tell the other person, I need time for myself or I'm feeling really anxious right now. I can't talk. 
in even asking for help. Sometimes what you need to do and what's, what you really need is to ask for help, and people love to help. So don't feel good. It doesn't mean you're weak. If you need to ask for help, ask for help because it always feels good when we help people. So don't feel bad about that. And that's that, parents. Until next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Empowered Parent Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to head over to reneesinning.com to pick up some parenting freebies. And remember, teenagers want to be happy. Sometimes they just need a little help along the way.